Hi, and welcome to Adventure Blather with Emily and Hannah, the podcast where we talk world swimming, to running, to travel and seeing the world. So whether you're listening on an adventure or wondering where to start, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode seven. I think I say that every start of every episode. I know, but it's still so exciting. <laughs> I know, I feel it's been going forever. So yes, welcome to our episode. This one is probably going to be uh, heavily concentrated on Loch Ness 24, this quick introduction, because we've just had a bit of a chat about it already. It's this month. It's very close. It's like 18 (laughs) days away. So everybody's starting to make their lists. And obviously yourself, Hannah, you've had a little bit of an injury. So these things always crop up just before. Could be a bit of maranoia, you know, pre-race. Is this what it feels like? (laughs) Exactly. You you start getting twinges everywhere. Two days before Brighton, I had this weird pain in my foot that only just happened on two days before it. And I ended up rolling it with a can of Diet Coke. And, it, and that seemed to work. But it was just, I've never had a pain there. i never had a pain there since. Well, it was only last week I was messaging you saying, I've had pins and needles in my foot on the way around. Like, what is the problem? You're like, get the foam roller out on your calf. And then I did that. Obviously not enough. And then there was no pins and needles this week. But at like eight and a half K, it was just like, bang, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily I've... um got myself booked in this week for a sports massage and hopefully she can sort me out and everything will be all rosy by weekend yes let's <laughs> let's hope I mean you're doing the right thing get going to see somebody definitely always what I would advise sometimes trying to keep going is the worst thing you can do sometimes just leaving it a couple of days just to like the inflammation to go down even put a bit of I've, we've got like an old bag of frozen peas I mean I'm actually scared to look inside them they're in a poly bag you know <laughs> in the freezer and they're just the sore leg peas sore back <laughs> sore leg peas so but sore back for Gordon sore legs for me uh, and everybody knows that you would never eat these peas I mean I don't know how long they've been in there <laughs> how many times they've defrosted and been refrozen <laughs> exactly so I've always had them on there I mean I, I think after all this time I should buy myself a proper ice pack but no the peas work just just as well so yeah hopefully you'll be you'll be okay but obviously you are a newer runner we're coming up to a bigger event it does happen that when you increase your distance increase your uh, the amount of times you run in a week as well. These little niggles do do come up. It was such a shame because the actual run itself, like my breathing felt really good. I didn't feel like I was actually dying like I did most of the time up to that point. And it was, I'd picked a new trail run. <laughs> it was so muddy. At one point I was knee deep. But if I'd have done the run the other way around, <laughs> the knee deep mud would have been like only about 2K from home. Whereas instead it was the other way around and I was wet and muddy for the rest of the run. <laughs> terrible planning it was it really was but it was the thing I was like totally in the zone I was enjoying it I wasn't struggling and it was just great and then it was it really was just kind of 8k hit and bang it was sore I'm just hoping that a week's rest and I'll I I won't lose too much within that week of not running because I was I was actually enjoying it like I'd got to that point it was enjoyable I don't think I've ever really got to that point before see you're catching the running bug it gets you all it gets you all well I have no injury touch wood but the panic of going to Loch Ness 24 is coming in because you do start to think I have not thought that much about it yet <laughs> you know it's been growing for months I signed up in January this year but now I'm starting to go, we need, I need a spreadsheet on the go for food, 
for yeah and you know i do this for any events like like edinburgh marathon last year and it was all like the timetable with the buses and what time i need to get up to get to my bus to get the bus to get to edinburgh to get there blah 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 and i love a spreadsheet because i just i need to see it written down and it's stages so i feel like for lotness 24 i need to see it written down i need to have a rough idea what everybody's doing lap wise and then i need to see where i can nap because I need to nap, because that's when, so, do you know, this is something we spoke about, so I went up the Pentland Hills yesterday with some of the Loch Ness crew, and that is something I did talk to Lee about, was it's the fear of actually being on all weekend, is like, it's not actually possible to be bubbly and alive all weekend, you do need to take, like, a bit of a social battery break, um, <laughs> and I think that's where, I know you're laughing, but it's true, like, you will burn out, we can't stay awake all night. I'm totally with you on that, but I know I will burn out a lot sooner than you will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can talk for Britain, but you do see yourself sort of starting to dip at times (laughs) when you've had like weekends that have been so busy and stuff. So I do feel like I need to have all that in my mind as well. Have you ever done a kind of 24 hour event before? Never, never. Oh, so So this is new territory for you too then? Yes. So I think it's new territory for most of us, apart from like Steve Lee, Jamie... I'm not sure if anybody else has done it. I have done a 24-hour event, but it wasn't a running one. It was Cancer Research, Relay for Life. Okay. So it's like a 24-hour, and but I was I was on the committee for organising it. So I organised all the entertainment that was on the stage. So we had like bands and mm-hmm. like we got loads of local groups and stuff to come and keep us all entertained while we were all dancing around the track. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there's going to be plenty for us to keep us entertained, but I think it's that... It depends what you want to get out of the event as well. And I know last year they took like maybe like a five or six hour time out and they actually went to sleep, but nobody set an alarm. <laughs> I think Lee said he woke up at six and was like, oh, where's the dipper? And went out and did a lap. So it will be quite good to try, sort of find out what people want to do. Because like you say, you want to do a, a night run. I'd quite yeah. like to do a night run as well. I'm sure a few others, but then try to time it so you're not doing it on your own as well because that chat has been quite entertaining I was like I am not running around the forest on my own because I've watched too many scary films (laughs) and my imagination works over time on its own (laughs) and it didn't help when I called it a zombie run either no I really did (laughs) and the thing is Al one of our lovely supporters of this podcast personal best has been posting videos about zombies which I feel I'm like is he dressing up as a zombie for a lot I feel like I'm going to make him run around the forest with me at yeah, night, right. the night lap. <laughs> a good idea, a good idea. But yes, so I think it's, um, we're excited. I think there's a bit of nerves in there. Well, I, I think I'm a bit nervous. Definitely. Just out of the fear of the unknown. But I think after spending time with people yesterday, I think we're going to have a great time. Let's swiftly move to our guest, who has nothing to do with running. Or Loch Ness 24. <laughs> we'll jump straight in. This week, we are very excited to introduce you to Zoe Hall, owner of the Dip and Deals Company. Now, if you follow Hannah or I on social media, we regularly mention this amazing business and are both very quickly adding everything she designs and sells to our wardrobes. Zoe is a passionate businesswoman, lover of the outdoors, and is keen to be as sustainable as possible. We've both had the pleasure of meeting her in person and we can confirm she is as nice as she comes across online and we are excited to quiz her on what's coming next and on on her recent adventuring in swim coaching, mountain leader training and more. Welcome Zoe. I messed up that last bit. I'm annoyed at myself. (laughs) 
Why don't you just do the last line? I may just leave up the leave end the balls up but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it sounded perfect to me. <laughs> oh, see, that's why I like you. <laughs> How are you today, Zoe? I'm really good, thank you. I'm so much happier for seeing you two on my screen and chatting to you. So thank you so much for having me Aww. and saying such lovely words. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. We're very excited to have you on. And you're looking very sporty. You're a hockey player, I believe. Yeah, I'm off to hockey after this. So I'm all ready to go so that I can just get straight in the car and, and get off because I hate being late for things. So like I was I didn't want to rush this or anything. So I wanted to, to have as much time as possible. So I'm all ready. Shin pads and everything done. <laughs> Love it. Talking about being ready to go all the time. Now my new bag's arrived. It is packed. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes I love that that's exactly what mine's like when I wash my stuff I just put it straight back in so that I can it's just ready to go whenever <laughs> the bags are gorgeous uh, so we're, we're totally like jumping ahead so I feel like we need to go we just need to go right back let's talk about well let's talk about the Dip and Deals company and how you started it what was the idea behind it I think one of the biggest things was that Lou and I in particular we've just always been wild swimmers and didn't ever realize it was a it was a thing I, I I guess and then throughout lockdown I started seeing all these Instagram accounts popping up about wild swimming or hiking and I was like whoa I didn't even really use Instagram then mm-hmm. and I was like wow I was like Lou we should we we didn't get on this early enough I was like we should we should have started this ages ago like documenting it in mm-hmm. a way and yeah and I just thought that like a lot of the swimming costumes out there were not necessarily like dipping costumes. They were more designed for swimming, like competitive open water swimming. And there's only a couple of brands that I knew of at the time that did really cool swimming costumes, like for wild swimming. So I kind of designed the first one and yeah, and then it quickly became a bestseller. So it, it kind of naturally progressed into a wild swimming brand, which was really good. And yeah, just just trying to not just sell the products, but I guess make sure that everybody can see the benefits of wild swimming and the cold water dipping and, and have nice products to go along with that as well. So I think that that's kind of where it, it started. <laughs> what was your first product that you designed? um it was the it was the turquoisey blue peach swimming costume I love the yeah. peach yeah <laughs> I mean obviously the, the name at the time obviously kind of lended it lent itself to that which is why I, I decided to do that first so yeah I did I did love that and I did I tried it in a few different colors as well but then the turquoisey one really stood out so yeah and, and I've never seen another one like that so yeah I do love that one I've still got mine now and that was a good few years ago when I uh, first had it so yeah it, it stood the test of time <laughs> it is it's it's beautiful but like before the dip and deals you were a PE teacher am I right yeah I was a PE teacher so I trained as a PE teacher so I went to university with the intention of doing that until I retired um, <laughs> and then so yeah so I've always been active in a way so I've always liked the the swimming competitively and then the, the dipping as well so I don't blame you for leaving teaching, though. I I don't think I could handle teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I love. I don't don't get me wrong. The teaching I absolutely love, and I adore passing on knowledge of different sports and activities because I believe that there's been a misconception 
um over the years of like PE and 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 I think that the old school way of teaching PE is just so outdated that lots of children leave school hating it hating sport because the teachers didn't find that thing that the child liked um if they didn't like the mainstream things and I, and I always found myself different to that and wanted to try and bring in new things and create new games so that everyone at least oh, let's say 98% of them because I know not everybody is going to like it yeah so I love teaching but that that everything else it, it's just, it just wasn't for me <laughs> do you know in that sphere I mean I think I love the fact that you were like a female PE teacher because like when I think back to my own high school experience and even that I've got two daughters one's in high school just now and I think there's a certain point where you lose girls to sport because yeah you know it, it could be something as daft as like I don't want to go and get my hair messed up and yeah. it's not the great like we didn't have showers in high school like to use you know it was it was a really old high school you know it was these things I think broke 20 years before and never fixed so <laughs> like actually having somebody that's as passionate about that sort of thing would be great to have in schools because I do think you do lose especially girls yeah that period of time and try to get them back into it is even yeah harder. oh yeah it was it like I taught the last school I taught in was an all-girls school so and it was a very lovely school they were so well behaved I have to be honest in my whole career I've worked in amazing schools so I can't ever say that I've been challenged that that much with behavior or anything like that but yeah you lose the the girls year eight year nine and then it's hard to get them back and it's just so sad to see and and it's sad that actually sometimes the teachers are the ones that create that because that they don't want to try new things they're stuck in their ways and I think that's a shame but it's changing and I do still keep up with like podcasts or you know lots of different legislation and things like that so I do keep up with it but um I'm not going back to it anytime soon (laughs) no wonder the business is doing great and I suppose what you're doing in a way is like you give a lot of confidence to women so even though it's you're kind of moving your age range in a way you see so many different women in your advertising you share posts about you know it's not just there are these like stick thin models that are wearing your costumes you're showing that it's available for everybody yeah I think that that is really important and like going back to like the products of that like I want it to be accessible to everybody, regardless of size, age, like gender as well, to be honest. But um, it's just, I guess, when you're a small business, to be able to provide that is really difficult because it's just really costly. And unless you've got a big backing or, you know, loan, business loans, et cetera, it's really difficult to do. But I really want to expand the size range of the costumes just so that, we do, we do cater for everybody because I think it's really important. And you actually find that like wild swimming and open water swimming is such a great place for body positivity because you have to get changed at the side of a river or a lake. You have to like, don't you? You have yeah. to just do it. You just have to get over it and just get it done. And And I think that the community aspect, nobody cares what size anyone is or what they look like or what your hair looks like that day. It's just, I, I just love it for that reason. So yeah. Sorry, I think I went off tangent there. <laughs> Not at all. This is this is the podcast for off tangent, by the way. <laughs> Definitely what happens. <laughs> it's called a blather for a reason. And then I suppose you're making, you're making the costumes for dipping. It kind of takes that emphasis of you need to be like, I'd say a proper swimmer, but you know, like somebody who's sticking their head in the water every time they swim. You know, not everybody wants to do that, but they still want to get the benefits of 
being outdoors. So the, the swimsuit design actually goes for that. And the fact that not everybody wants to wear black all the time. Yeah, yeah, so true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because my the black costume that I've got, the Find Your Freedom one, I brought that out because I, I did think not everybody wants bright costumes. And actually, it's the, it's not a great seller. So it's like people want the brightness out there. <laughs> you really do I think there was a week where I'd like washed all my costumes ready for going on holiday and everything was packed and I just had one cost like one old costume and I thought I'll just use that for getting in the tub and honestly trying to fight to get out of it I was like there is a reason why there is a dipping costume and a swimming costume because if it was winter I would be having a right panic attack not being able to get out of it being so cold and I was like it's since gone in the bin because I'm like I'm not even putting that back on anymore for anyone who's like just starting out dipping, definitely need a dipping costume for when the temperatures drop. Because honestly, being able to get out your costume quickly is important. Million percent. Like <laughs> your fingers stop working in those cold water. Yeah, everything stops working, doesn't it? And your brain stops working, and you're just like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> I know. You did a post today, so and it was like, "I really miss the cold water," and I was actually thinking, "So do I." Like I know it's still cold when you go in the water. Like I do still go. But yeah, when I looked at your post and I was thinking back to like when we did the dip December, so we dipped every every single day in December, and it was like hammering ice to get in and massive big chunks of ice, and you were just frozen, and you're like, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's my ultimate like favorite. Is it's that like you question your life choices, don't you? You're like, what am I? What am I doing? But you do it, and you love it. But you genuinely sit there thinking, am I insane sometimes yes. when you're like hacking at the ice to get in your ice tub or the river or whatever it is. And it's just you're thinking, what am I doing? And then you like your lips go blue and you, you're like, <laughs> some people will be like, you are nuts for doing it. But it does make you feel amazing. It does. <laughs> I just agree with them. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's great. Though, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I am nuts. <laughs> I got in Janet's boss on Sunday morning and you know that like skin tingle and I was like I've not had this for ages. I couldn't actually believe how cold the river was on Saturday. It was freezing. I didn't have a thermometer or anything but I was like wow this is like proper felt like winter dipping. (laughs) How did I make it through winter last year? I mean I started dipping in winter. I'm not even sure what that was about. It was beating (laughs) you guys definitely (laughs) but yeah who starts their their dipping journey in the middle of winter? In fact that week it dropped to minus eight and didn't get above mine above freezing for about seven days. I love that. That was the best. It just seemed to be constantly like frozen. It was the best. (laughs) But you know it's crazy when you think it's like August now so it literally is like Christmas tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so buzzing for that. Like there was this meme that I saw about pumpkin spice lattes and I was like, yes! <laughs> like, give me the pumpkin spice. Give me like a scarf and a hat and a and wellies. Love it. <laughs> so Dippin' Dales, Zoe, where do you see it going? What is, what is the big dream for it? So big dream, like big, big, is that I can produce like everything in the UK with a team of amazing people who possibly need like a bit of a second chance or need a new trade that just need something to like get them out of a situation maybe that they're in. And I know that that's, it might sound completely bonkers what I'm talking about, but I want to be able to have a facility where 
the working conditions are amazing and people love coming to work and people can be creative and let their creative juices flow in creating designs because that's one thing I think at the minute I just find so difficult that I have got zero skills in terms of like sewing or drawing and my drawings are terrible like we've got an amazing um like artist and I'll send her something in a really terrible drawing and she'll make it amazing and like but I'd love to have a team of people that that would do that because it is literally just me I know that Lou is in the background a lot but it the, the business is just me at the minute and it's um I'd love to have a team of people and yeah to produce everything sustainably in the UK would be would be like a massive dream but not also just products but in terms of like events and retreats and safe dipping as well um yeah that that that's like a big thing <laughs> I don't know if I answered that very well <laughs> that sounds amazing I know because you've got some retreats planned yeah so we have a few coming up so we've um always had in the pipeline like retreats because of it complements the business um that Lou runs as well so mm-hmm. we had one in January last year um, this year yeah January this year we had one in Anglesey um which was really good which was in May and then there's one in September which is a bit of like a summer camp where we're going to do like hiking and wild swimming um, and then there's another one in October, which again is wild swimming based and hiking. And then there's one in Spain next year, which will be really good. So um, we're very busy on the retreats front. <laughs> Lou has the exercise. She's a personal trainer. She has her business. So yeah. you're incorporating the two. So it's it's a bit of a, like a holistic experience everyone's having. Lou's business complements what we're doing at Dippendales because she has multiple qualifications because she was in the military. She's a personal trainer. And I have certain qualifications as well that that enable us to run them, which is amazing that we can do them together as well. So it's good. And you've recently just got um, your swim coaching. Is that right? I have. Yes. So I was really excited to get that. I um, So I'd been wanting to do it for a long time, but it it is quite costly, really. And I think um, that's the only downside to needing these qualifications is the cost of them and the time it takes to also complete them. And I think sometimes like as a, you know, I was a, a PE teacher, so I had multiple qualifications, in it, but that's, they're slightly different. And to have to start again as an adult trying to get all of these qualifications, it was just a bit mind blowing because there's millions that you can do. But the, yeah, the open water swim qualification um, was delivered by Terry ann Payne, who was um, an Olympian, bronze medalist, like she, she was incredible and I was just in awe and so it was amazing to be able to do it with her and I met some wonderful women on the course it was all females and I don't know why that is but it was of all ages I think I was one of the youngest people on the course actually at 35 so it was it was an amazing experience to see that um, some older women were kind of changing careers at, at that stage in their you know professional lives and it was just amazing to see there was one lady who was going off to um turkey to be a swim guide there was another one who was just set up as a local swim group and she lives in like guernsey or somewhere like that and it was just amazing to see everybody's ideas and there was one professional like open water swimmer for triathletes so yeah it was amazing i did feel a bit of a fraud being there because i was like i am i am a good swimmer but it's not for me like the competitiveness anymore like when I was younger it was but not not since I um got older so I, I felt like a fraud because I was like well I'm just a bit of a, I'm just a dipper really I just want to like 
dipped you know have a nice time have some cake have some tea coffee like I don't really want to coach people how to swim (laughs) is it mainly about the this like swimming technique or is it a lot about like the safety in the water and everything else yeah it was it I think really Kerry Ann did a great job because she tailored it to everybody's needs and those people who were going to be teaching technical swimming already knew that they knew the techniques of everything like the back of their hand they'd been teaching swimming in the pool for years and it's a different qualification that they needed to teach outdoors like an add-on so she kind of went through loads of safety things all about risk assessments because they are just like mammoth tasks yeah water safety was great in that and and really like how to introduce somebody to the open water or the cold water. Um, and she went through loads of scientific things as well about what the cold water does to your body and why people react a certain way. And it was just really fascinating. So I'm so glad that I did it because I, I feel like I'm quite knowledgeable. But when you put things out there on the internet, I think you really need a good backing of, of why you're saying that and you need it to understand it. And yes, yeah, so it was great that she went through things like that. It was really, really good. I think that's great. There's there's quite a lot of misinformation put out through Instagram and, and social media in general. So, yeah. And like you get these people, oh, I've started wild dipping like a week ago and suddenly they know everything. And it's like, so it's it's good that, you know, everything that you're doing is is backed up by the qualifications and, you know, it all goes hand in hand. So it's uh, you're not you're not just a company, you're, you're a source of knowledge that we can all come to and ask questions as well. Yeah, hopefully that it's, um, I mean, some of it might be absolute utter rubbish that I talk about (laughs) on there, but um, a lot of it, like, yeah, I am trying and it comes from a good place. I'm trying to educate people and to be more responsible dippers as well, not just, you know, for themselves, but for the environment, for the, you know, the communities, the locations, like their children. Yeah, I'm trying in that respect. I think that's amazing. I walked past one of our local reses the other day and it is like pea soup. It is disgusting. And you just think there's some, like, again, there's there's not enough information out there. It's not kind of, the, the good side of it isn't broadcast enough. And like Windermere and stuff, it's just, you know, it's such a shame that these beautiful places are actually being ruined by people, well, either not caring or just not understanding the implications of their actions either. Yeah, definitely. I think um, one of my big ideas was to, maybe create like an education program for school children because particularly in winter and it's not just about the environmental impacts it's about the cold water shock and the the deaths that happen and the drownings and the they get into difficulties because it we we intend to go in the water when we're dipping we intend to get that cold buzz and we we prepare ourselves for that mentally and physically but if you fall in the water even in the summer and people panic and that's what that's when you know disasters happen and there's no education about it for children and and a lot of the time it's boring education as well they don't want to listen to somebody stood there who doesn't have much experience or has a really monotone voice or hasn't got anything to back up that or like they don't have a relationship with kids and I think that it's really important that somebody develops some kind of a curriculum for it because or a one-off course because it it is scary when you see kids going out you know on the ice when it's um frozen over and things like that and obviously I used to do it when I was a kid like I was always out there doing stupid things but like you know and it and it yeah I just think it's really important that there is education out there for wild swimming and 
water safety in particular. So yeah, I think I went off on a tangent there, didn't I? Again, sorry. <laughs> you just get so much knowledge to share, Zoe. That's what it is. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <That> say that. <laughs> There is that kind of truth of like sort of teaching kids and teaching young people, especially because they live their lives on four to five second clips on TikTok these days and therefore just see things and go, oh, that's safe, that's safe, that's fine. You know, whereas they're just getting no actual real information. It's fine for some celebrity and some YouTuber in America to do it, but they've actually got no knowledge about it at all. So what you're doing is great. The fact that obviously you have the company you're doing all that training just to, you know to when you're seeing all this stuff it's coming from actual sources yeah yeah and I think that's important like with our meetup events and things like in the past before those qualifications like it, it is a bit dicey from a professional standpoint and from a business standpoint not personally like I would meet up with anybody and go for a dip but then you start to look into things and you think, God, is something happened on one of those meetups? Like you're liable for that. And that's on your head. And and I think like without having that qualification and then the insurance behind it, which is a bit of a sad world that that has to be a thought, but it, it just is. And it, so I'm really glad now that that's a big one ticked off. So it's uh, and I love doing it. It was so fun to have it. But you did the mountain leader as well, didn't you? That seemed like quite a big training course that was and I'm still not completely done with that yet either so it yeah it was like was it five days long so the training so you have to do that before you go into your actual assessment week and it was pretty intense like it was I think I was one of the older people on the course on that one and there was a lot of university students who did outdoor ed things and were going off to Canada for the summer to teach outdoor sports and things and like the, you should have seen them with like these ropes and stuff. And I was thinking, oh my God, like I haven't got a clue how to tie a rope in a certain way to guide somebody up a mountain, et cetera, and things like that. And I was just panicking that I've been hiking since, like I used to get dragged up mountains from being tiny with my dad and my mom and stuff. But I, I was thinking, I don't know half as much as these people who have, you know, they're doing it for a university de- degree. But yeah, it was so fun and it was great to be outdoors for that length of time and not feel guilty for being outdoors because I was doing it for professional reasons. <laughs> Whereas like I find it difficult to just take a week off and go hiking for a week. So it was it was amazing to be able to do that. But yeah, I still have to, to do my assessment. So all of the, the walks that I'm organising at the minute are practice walks because you have to practice guiding people and things before you go for your assessment so it's um yeah it's exciting to do that is it you have to kind of like rack up so many hours doing certain activities with people um it's not actually like a requirement so it's not like a you don't have to prove that you've done it but personally I think unless you've practiced something in different scenarios in different areas of of like a lake you know by the lakes or the moors like it's I don't think that you have that experience and it's to to pass the qualification. So they can throw anything at you on your assessment. You don't know what they're going to ask you. You don't know what they're going to ask you to to lead. So I just think it's important that you practice everything so that whenever they do say, right, Zoe, you've got to do this. I'm not thinking, oh, my God, I haven't got, you know. uh." (laughs) And I suppose doing that, you get to take a different range of people out because, I mean, I suppose that's the next thing is you actually have to risk assess not just a route, but kind of people as well, because not everybody is super fit like us, you know. Well, (laughs) that tongue in cheek peeps. 
tongue in cheek. I kind of like had a bit of a go at the guy who um, was running the course. So he was like, he's like an amazing mountaineer. He's world renowned. Like he's an international mountain leader, which is really hard to get. Like he's a super fit guy, knowledgeable, knows everything about everything to do with hiking and the outdoors and rock climbing. But I was kind of trying to say to him, look, there are certain people who want to experience the outdoors who are not super fit they're not 25 they're not you know they everybody deserves a chance to go and experience the outdoors and that's the kind of group that I want to take out and I was just saying like I'm not going to be leading people up like he was taking us up some insane paths like on scree and all sorts and and having to scramble up and I was just saying to him like I don't I won't be doing this when I'm taking my groups out because it's not what I'm kind of going for um, and he was kind of just like, he was basically a bit like elitist with fitness and all sorts of stuff. And I was just a bit like, <laughs> I know, because I do get it sometimes even with running, like there's a lot of personal best, PB chat, beating your time, getting to park run and treating it more like a race than a social community run type thing. And I get that folk have a way of looking at things, but not everybody thinks like that. Not everybody runs or hikes or swims for that reason it's sometimes it's just for them and it, it can be difficult to like be in somebody's company who they only see that side of it no I completely get where you're coming from there like even for me like as a you know a runner I just go into a run club petrifies me because I don't want to talk about my PB I don't want to talk about my splits or my and it's the same with like walking and hiking I don't care if you walk five miles a week or 5k like it it really doesn't matter as long as you're trying to enjoy it you're being a responsible walker like it doesn't matter if you're super fit we'll take it at your pace like and I think that's that's a huge thing about the outdoors is it is for everybody so it should never be like classed as elitist but I know the the group that you're looking at it is people that are just wanting to get out there and enjoy the outdoors so that sort of fits for your ethos probably as a company and as a pair yeah definitely and I think the huge the biggest thing is just like getting communities together and seeing like friendships evolve from wild swimming or hiking groups and it's just amazing to see that there is a place for those groups you don't have to be like there are a few groups out there who they kind of do throw a bit of shade at companies like the Dippendales Co and it's a bit like what I just trying our best like we're trying to be inclusive we're trying to really like put positive messages out there and some like for example I've tried to be attend like certain trade shows and things um and events like big events and I've been told no and but then you see that there's like other companies have, have been able to attend who are maybe bigger than the Dippendales and you just think oh, you, you need to give everybody a chance because we're, we're all trying to put those messages across and get noticed so that our small businesses can survive and things and yeah there's just been a few com- like events that I've been really disappointed with because I they they give out an ethos of being really amazing and inclusive but actually behind the scenes it's not like that so yeah we need to try and break through the kind of bias of it being a, a kind of niche thing because I think at the minute while swimming is growing it's massive for everybody I think now a lot of people that I know, and I know myself, I would much rather buy from a small business than a, a really large corporate type, you know, the people that don't really need my money. Let's face it, it's, it's that way you're going, I want to support 
something that's somebody's business that they're just trying to make a change especially like when you're saying about you went to that course and it's like older women they're just changing their career and stuff and yeah. You go, yeah sometimes like these companies this is the people that need that help in hand to get in there at an event but companies don't need that promotion anymore but it's because they could possibly draw in more of a crowd but yeah there's surely there's enough room yeah I think that there's enough room for everyone and if I only made 10 quid that day it doesn't matter like if, if the big brands make thousands it doesn't matter like it you know just to be there in these events and see new people would be amazing so that's another big goal to try and event attend more like wild swimming events and things I mean what time what time do you have for this Zoe I mean I feel like with the Dippendales call all your swim coaching <laughs> leading hikes and walks hockey <laughs> <laughs> Do you have room for anything else? No, because I'm so, I, I, I'm an organised person in a way, but I'm super disorganised in other ways. So I'm just, sometimes it's like, OMG, like, am I dropping something or am I forgetting to do something? Or, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm just, yeah, trying to balance everything and make sure it, it runs well. <laughs> I see I see some of myself in you that I'm like, oh, I do that. I probably over... Like I, I try and do everything, but it is a careful balancing act. My my issue is that I end up burning out, so I'll have like two days yeah. of just face plant. Yeah, I, I completely do that as well. Like I um there's there's certain times where I just like, oh my god, and I think, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I be like a normal human who who has their stuff together all the time and they're super productive and like do you know what I mean? And you look <laughs> think- at adults and you, and you think I am an adult. I'm an adult like where is my adult when does that kick in see I just refuse to adult as much as possible that's the way to be I think that's what makes you relatable though because it's just like who who really has their shit together let's let's face it definitely not me not me yeah people seem to look like they do and I just think you haven't come on tell us what's really happening (laughs) that's the kind of account I follow yeah yeah I'm much more into like accounts that that see it as it is I don't I don't need to see the polished life because I already know it's not real yeah I'd much rather you see how you feel and then you go I feel like that last week like (laughs) yeah that helps me I think you were sat in the garage covered in paint the other day you're like I should be doing like 10 other jobs right now but instead I'm painting the garage I'm like that's me this is what I do like I start stupid jobs that don't need doing and then forget to finish it. And then two weeks later, I'm like, oh my God, I need to go back and finish that. And then, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, I think my worst trait is putting something off because I'm like, oh, I can't, I just can't do it. And then eventually I have to do it because yeah. probably pressure and work to get it done. And it takes me like 11 minutes <laughs> and I've put it <laughs> off for four weeks because I've just made it bigger and I've stressed about it longer. But it, yeah, and then I'll be like, I'll, I need to go for a swim. That'll make me feel better. Like, just go to the house and ignore the problem. There's this form I've got to fill in. Um, we've got a team that we're swimming around Jersey next year. So the, the whole way around Jersey, we're swimming around it in a three-person relay. And what? the woman who, yeah, the woman who we're organising it with has been hounding me to fill in this form. And I just keep ignoring it because I can't, 
I just think I just don't know what to put in the form like and so now I've sent it to Lou tonight and said Lou please fill in this form because otherwise Karen is gonna absolutely like she's gonna come around to the house and be like what are you doing it's literally an A4 sheet that's all it is and it'll take me five minutes but I've just put it off for about five weeks <laughs> why Lou will be like done five minutes yeah. done. I'm hoping she does <laughs> So I really around Jersey. I mean, I like that drop. That was like a mic drop. That what what's the, what is this in aid of? Really good question. I don't know why we're doing it. So we I took um, a Dippendale stall to You Swim in Manchester, which is at Salford Keys. If you've never been, it is wonderful. So it's run by a, a really lovely couple uh, who. Yeah, they, yeah, they're the owners of You Swim, basically. Um, and a lady's called Karen. I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, God, sorry. And I, I, I mean, they might listen. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so, and yeah, so basically they run open water swimming every weekend at Salford Keys. Um, yeah, it's, re- it's just really great. And I was chatting to some people who have who had seen me on Dippendale's Instagram and they were like, oh my God, you're from Dippendale, blah, 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 chatting to them. And they were doing the cross-channel swim as a relay. And I was like, that is incredible. I was like, I want to do it. Like, that is a life achievement goal for me that I want to do the channel swim. I was like, I'd do it in a relay. I'm not bothered. I don't need to do a solo swim. Like, relay's fine for me. And the lady was like, oh, my God, well, there's some space on the jersey swim. And I was like, all right, what's that? And she was like, well, in a relay team, you just swim around the outside of jersey. I was like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing next minute we're signed up we've paid the deposit and everything we've got a boat crew to take us and and i, I was thinking oh man <laughs> that escalated quick <laughs> that really escalated quick she was out there with a card machine you're like yeah hey, am i doing this <laughs> yeah. 800 quid later and we were swimming around jersey oh god so you basically i'm gonna have to turn it into a big charity event i think because it's great to do it that way. It gives you lots of motivation, doesn't it? It was like the marathon, do it for a charity and you have to you have to do it. <laughs> if I just did it for myself, I probably wouldn't do the training and I'd rock up the day before thinking, oh my God, I have to swim now in the sea and it, I don't know what I'm doing. And you want, and you know, you've got a really, I mean, you've hit like 10,000 followers on that page. You've got an amazing community of people that follow you, that go to your events, that buy your products. You know, people want to be involved in all that. Yeah. Like, they want to cheer you on and that will obviously make you feel more more power to do it. I mean, maybe I could give my place away to someone, to one of these followers. <laughs> <laughs> Any of these followers out there that want to swim around Jersey, just give me a message. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in. So how many of you are in the relay, did you say? Three. Three? Yeah. So how far yeah. is your distance? Uh, really good question. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the form. <laughs> on the form that I've not read yeah um, I've got a friend called Kate and she's nuts as well like she um I mean she's fitter than I am like Lou and Kate are like super fit iron women like triathletes and I just bumbling along for the ride and she was like what is it where is it like when she was like all right go on then sign me up as well so she's in our team so it's Lou me and and a girl called Kate so it'll be it'll be really fun yeah life's too short though like just go and do it that's what I do. I just say yes to everything. Yeah. And if I have to only do like 50 metres and get out, well, that, it's a relay. So chip in, guys. <laughs> I know. You're it. Yeah. I'll be doing that at the Loch Ness 24. 
<laughs> you're like you're, you're back already but that sounds amazing though oh, like yeah so I take it you'll be doing some uh, sea swimming to practice yeah I do really need to I need to start a training program so if anyone wants to give me one that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm qualified as a water swim coach but I can't write my own program <laughs> that's that's fair enough I think that's what like I like I do like swimming like front crawl and stuff but really in a pool see when it comes to the sea it's just I'm not like panicking I just try not to think too much what's in there but it's just that because you can't really see much I just can't keep my head in for a prolonged period of time yeah I think that's the the hard thing for me it is it's what's in there and like particularly like Jersey it's a warmer climate really than what we've got up here mm. and I reckon that the sea and from pictures I've seen like the sea's pretty clear and can you imagine just seeing oh I don't that's one thing for me like what is in there it's not the swimming I'm not bothered but what can be coming up to me is 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 an issue <laughs> I'm so glad other people have this though yeah. Yeah. Good luck, Lomond. You don't need to think. You don't need to worry about anything. <laughs> Have you actually had an experience where something has actually either like touched your foot or like, have you had anything that would actually make that fear rational? I mean, I have. I have like I I do have like diving qualifications. So in terms of like being in the sea and like seeing things that are in there, like I do have a lot of experience of what's there. So I think it's that. I know what's there. I've seen it. And yeah, I was once in Thailand years and years and years ago when I was um, younger with a group of friends and we did it. We were going to do our paddy and there was three in one group and three in another group. And we all had a, an instructor um, in our three. And to be able to I don't know if you've done any diving, but to regulate your breathe, to, to be able to submerge and sink, you have to regulate your breathing. You just have to. You have to not panic. And, and you'll you'll find that everything's really simple as long as you're completely calm. So we're trying to submerge and the other two girls in my group couldn't, they just could not submerge. They were trying to put more weights on their belt, couldn't do anything. So in the end, the instructor said to me, right, go. She was basically like this. So I was sat on the bottom of, of the sea in Thailand. And obviously, you know, that there's tiger sharks, sharks, everything there. And all I could see was I was sat on the bottom of my knees and I was just looking up. And it wasn't that deep, but when you're down there on your own, I was like, I could see my other friends group over here with the instructor. I could see my two friends and the instructor up, obviously like out of the water. And I was just sat there looking around. It was pretty clear. And I was thinking, imagine if a shark just comes up and gets me now. Like, seriously, like, oh my God. What, what am I going to do? And I was just <laughs> petrified. And I always have that thought in my head that like, could you imagine looking around and it's coming at you like <laughs> I've done like a tri dive before and I remember when we came back up so I'd actually done really well with my air to say I felt like I was constantly panicking I obviously wasn't because I actually had more air than some of the other people that had done it before and um, they were like oh do you remember seeing this fish do you remember seeing that do you remember seeing that and I was like I don't remember anything that has just happened to me because like in my head I was in this state of panic the funniest bit was when we were on the boat and this is when we were getting ready to go in and they tell you to put your hand on your mask and the hand on the back of your head. And then he goes, and then you can, and then just roll backwards. And I, I kind of turned around and looked at the water and I just laughed and I went, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I sat there for a good five minutes. I couldn't, I physically couldn't throw myself in the water backwards. <laughs> but it was just the way I looked at the guide and I went, no, thank you. Yeah. 
no thanks <laughs> see that's my favorite bit and then I just want to get out <laughs> it was a great experience but yeah I actually don't remember kind of anything that I saw so in my head it's that that can't be what's traumatizing me it's just yeah it's just yeah. Weird. I just find it's like it's best not to think too much yeah isn't it that's just your brain <laughs> the key like you know there's been times when I've been swimming in the morning I mean we we're just in a reservoir but you kind of go imagine somebody dumped a body in here and well that's another I thing it. and it, and as soon as that comes in I go like Annika talk to me about something anything because all of <laughs> yeah. a sudden I'm like if I look down there's gonna be a pair of eyes yeah that's my oh my god in the Lake District like there's definitely millions of dead bodies in those lakes. There has to be. They're so deep. If you're going to murder someone, put them in the lake. Like, can you imagine, like, swimming and just seeing, like, a hand or, like, a face? Honestly. That Honestly. is it, yeah. Is it not Lord of the Rings where they go through the marshes where there's all the faces coming out? Are you? Yeah, I think it is Lord of the Rings, yeah. I've, um, watched, I've watched too much Harry Potter. That's my and Harry Potter. <laughs> So the irrational fears aren't even like based on real life scenarios. It is just like films and the mind is complicated. The thing is, I, I've seen myself like I'll remember a film that I've seen years ago, and it'll pop in, and it'll be something about water. As soon as I'm in the water, and you go, think of something else, anything else. I think I watched Piranha, and I didn't. I didn't take a bath for like a month. That's another thing. Imagine Piranha's just. There's this guy who um, swims, who has done the most swims, like ridiculous swims, like he swam the Amazon and he's done the Nile and he's done all of these things. Like he, he is incredible. I can't remember his name because I can never remember people's names, but I just thought like there's anacondas, there's piranhas, there's crocodiles, there's sh like all of these things, you name it, he's done it and he swam there. And apparently he's a real um, massive red wine drinker because there's a chemical in the red wine, a bit like in Coke, that whatever you've swallowed, like it can kill the bacteria that's in your stomach. So he apparently would like glug red wine and do these massive, amazing swims. <laughs> like, I want to be like that guy. No fear whatsoever. And drink all the wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason to drink wine. I think yeah. we're going to see the wine puts the sharks off of eating you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Has he still got all these limbs and everything? Yeah, and there's one swim that he did. It was like the longest open water swim ever taken, basically. And he's that amazing. He was basically like kind of asleep, but swimming at the same time. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't, I'll have to let you know his name after this. I can't remember. There's always <laughs> these kind of people that will die doing something like that, but all it will see is people go, they died doing what they loved. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, want yeah. to, I want to die in my bed. <laughs> it's yes. not. It's, it's not the guy Ross Edgley, is it? Because he's done some pretty epic swimming stuff. He's an well. old guy. No, um, Ross old. is really young. He did the. Was it Loch Ness? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, but he had to get pulled out. I mean, he was like. I mean, I think he went too long. Yeah. I, I think they had to force him out the water. Um, yeah. but oh, he's yeah. poor boy. It was a really interesting documentary, though, so I think if you haven't seen it, you should definitely, definitely go and have a watch. I don't think I have. No, that would be amazing. One of um, a guy that we know has done, has created a triathlon called the Talisman Triathlon. And it's basically his, he was in the military and there's um, a big thing about suicide in males in, in that leave the military or that are in the military. 
And he had two friends that committed suicide. One was down south somewhere and one was up in Scotland. So he's created this triathlon where it's like an ultra triathlon, like an Ironman distance in Scotland, England and Wales. So he basically like swam across a lake in Wales and then like ran over Snowdon, cycled to England, like to Scarfell, like ran over Scarfell, swam Lake Windermere, went to Scotland, whatever the longest lake is in Scotland, uh, lock is in Scotland, swam that, r- ran over Ben Nevis, cycled somewhere else, like insane. I was like, you need to c- create a documentary about that because that is just... You hear these things and you think, God, I'm so boring. <laughs> well, I know I am super boring. Like, Well, I don't, we don't think so. We don't think so. <laughs> I'm just realising we're conscious of time. Zoe has hockey to go to. Just before we, we've got a wee little quick fire, but I've got a pre-quick fire question in that, are you going to do December this year? Yes, 100%. I love that. But I think maybe this year we should turn it into maybe a bit of a charity thing where we could try and raise money for a, a mine charity or something like that. We should pick one and, um, yeah, I'm sure we'd get lots of donations because people think we're nuts. I think we tried to do, like, dipping bingo, didn't we? I think we should do, like, 31 days of, like, bingo. You've got to take a picture doing something, like, really silly as well. That would be really good. Yeah. That would be good. Do you know, we raised money, so myself and my friend Annika, we did it after you'd, you were posting about it, and we're like, right, we'll do it. And we sort of decided, like, the day before, because we thought, there's no way we could do it. Like, we can't get to this reservoir every single day. And then it was like, I'm researching portable bathtubs and Amazon. <laughs> purchased we're doing it and we did it for parkinson's annika's um connections to that charity and you know we raised like over a thousand pounds which i thought was amazing for such a last minute thing it's such a hard time of year for people to part with cash but i think because there was us hammering ice you know and (laughs) and our just in our swimsuit i mean at that point we'd never swam in skins before like like in the winter we'd done it the odd times through the summer but it was always wetsuits because we were like there's no way we can dry a wetsuit in time every day. Yeah. Putting on a wet wetsuit is disgusting. It's that horrible feeling. So I just think I, that's why I was like, I have to ask because I'd love to do it again. It would force me to do it, especially if we did it for charity. And yeah. it's the cold water buzz as well. I need that back in my life. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely happening. Oh, good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Right, well, we'll dive in with the quick fire. Hannah, do you want yeah. to take the first? Do you prefer adventuring with friends or solo? friends excellent an instagram profile you admire and why oh my god that's so hard oh my god, so oh my god this is quick oh my god oh, there's a countdown on i'm kidding god. there's not oh my god um okay so it's it's not really on the adventure or wild swimming side but there's a girl called nick knack lou who has secondary stage breast cancer and she documents everything and she created a movement called check your tatters and Basically, like she's she's just phenomenal. I'm sorry, I shouldn't explain. I know it's quick fire, but Nick Knack Loop. Yeah, absolutely. Explain. <laughs> we said why as well. So that's oh, okay. Good. Yeah, <laughs> like and she like does things where she gets people to send her like, say you're eating a cupcake and it looks like a pair of boobs, like hashtag check your tatters like in anything and she's created like a lightning bolt tattoo and all of the followers are getting lightning bolt tattoos and it's just amazing. So she's yeah, she's so inspirational. Oh, fab. Thank you. <laughs> what is on the adventure wish list? Oh, I want to convert 
a camper van, not personally. I, I don't mind if I can ever win the lottery to pay someone to do it, but I would love to work and live out of a van for a while um, and travel across the world. I, I've done a lot of traveling, but I guess in luxury when you can fly, you can take trains. So it'd be cool if you could just be self-sufficient um, with solar panels and all of that. So that that would be really, really cool. Yeah. On that one, there's a, lot, <laughs> there's a lot of love for van life. I tell you, yeah. Our, one of our favorite questions is, "What would you tell your teenage self?" Oh, um, definitely. Like, don't feel that just because you start one course in life, you have to follow that. Just because people think people make you think that that is a reputable thing to do, or a like, for example, with the teaching. Like when I quit, like what do you mean you've quit what do you mean you're not teaching what do you mean you handed your notice in what what do you mean like mm-hmm. what what are you going to do <gasps> like yeah. you 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 know that kind of thing so I think I would say say to myself that it's okay to change your mind and change it again and stick to your moral principles and that you, you can't go far wrong so yeah that that's what I would say <laughs> do you know I love that because I think you touched on it when you talked about the other women doing these things changing their life and you think do you know it's like it's quite a long time you're alive but you're out of school like yeah why should one career be the career forever I mean that's a lot that's a long time yeah so, so true I, I love it yeah. I love it the last question what is the must-have stack on an adventure S- must-have snack yeah Emily's all about the food she I'm needs all about snack. <laughs> what do you pack for a snack um, if you're going out Oh, you see, like I love cake. Um, and so definitely it's a piece of cake. And I once went, this is, I know you said quickly, but I once did a kayaking, canoeing trip in Scotland. And this guy like turned up and he was our guide and he was absolutely lovely. And then halfway through, we stopped off on this like little remote island and he pulled out in tinfoil this flapjack that his wife had made and sent him off with. Oh my God. So number one, I was nearly crying my eyes out because it was just so cute that she'd packed him off with this thing and that she'd made it for us. And and she, and then she gave us the recipe as well. And it's, it's something that I've tried to take forward in events that I'm going to be running to make something to give people. Because I think like a snack like that, like a little cake or even a flapjack, like, yeah, that's a top tier snack. Oh. <laughs> Lovely. Adventures are always better with cake. Yeah, a million percent. <laughs> Bring the cake. No fruit. <laughs> you don't need fruit on a hat. You, you're getting those calories in. Where do we stand on carrot cake? Is that acceptable or not? Yes. Yeah. That's got lots of yeah. calories in it. <laughs> no, that's allowed. <laughs> that is most definitely allowed. No. But yeah. no, thank you, Zoe. So that's the end of our questions. Thank you. You have been an amazing guest. We're so glad that you came on. Thank you so much. I was so nervous, but you guys are amazing hosts. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Adventure Blether. We'd also love it if you could share, rate, and subscribe to our podcast. Bye. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs>